0: Hey everybody, welcome to this week's podcast for the discipleship practices um, focus that we're taking this summer. And just like every week, we just decided to have a short discussion about the sermon um, just so that we can just further that project along and develop a little bit more because Kind of the nature of a big group is you can't really be that specific or else you cut off like a hundred people from (laughs) the application. Um, And I've got here with me, Dave Drew. How's it going, Dave?
1: Hey, it's going well. Doing all right yourself.
0: Why is it every week? My microphone shows to be so much louder than everybody. else? (laughs) All right. Hopefully everyone can hear everybody. so this week we had Joe Stoll talking yeah. to us about worship as a spiritual discipline and a practice. He read from Revelation chapter four and five. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful picture of kind of like the, what we call the throne room and this like <sighs> ideal moment Iconic and so moment in I know there's a lot of stuff that you could bring up mm-hmm. about that. Um, and just as a broad brush he talked through lifestyle stuff he talked through different aspects of mm-hmm. worship um he even ta- he brought it back to creation itself yeah. being an inspiring thing yeah i think for me one of the big things that comes up when we talk about worship is the the word itself mhm yeah um he did say one of those uh i don't know one of those definitions that are easy to remember What when he said worship ship or something yeah. like that. Like, <laughs> but I know that in our culture it's used in regards to music almost 99% of the time. And right. so, you know, and you have the conversation like once in a while where people clarify, like worship is more than just like us singing together. Yeah. But yet we continue to just use that word in reference to the worship band and the worship leader. Like, they're clearly connected to the music and so we kind of shoot ourselves in the foot long term (laughs) with like the way that we throw around the word i think we i think most people do know though that worship is a word that's a much bigger reality um for people's lives
1: um you know i I think i can really appreciate even just how you kind of named the elephant in the room that it's it's more than just music and that often we have associated worship as just that in our culture but it's sometimes and maybe this is too wordy maybe it's not and I'm just overthinking it but utilizing qualifiers with worship like we're going to step into a time of musical worship we're going to step into a time of um worshiping God in teaching and preaching Or just sitting at the word, you know, worship God. Oh, yeah, because he did
0: say, like, me thinking about the sermon was an act of worship this week. Yeah. He made a point to say that. Yeah. Yeah, and I know it's a minor point. It's just something that we kind of have that's existing in our culture right Right. now that it's worth sort of pointing to, but it's not like I want to be the police of, like, that word. Like, (laughs) sometimes I actually feel tempted to be the police of that word. I just don't think it's a very fruitful uh, thing to to fight for, you know, because
1: it, I, I it think we are on it the isn't, same page. You know, it, there's there's something worth fighting for there, and I th- I think you're you're in the right. I yeah, think if uh, you
0: started to discern that people are reducing yes, the concept yes. to music, um, then it's worth talking about. And yeah, that's what we talked about on Sunday. I mean, he beautiful. he brought up your act, your act of um, what did he say? It was a
1: intentional act. Intentional act. Sacri- uh, there was something just so sacrificial, sacrificial about the way that Joe was talking about it and
0: that can be done he had a lot of really good examples um like that gal who went into the mission oh, field man. instead of getting married just felt convicted about <laughs> that um i mean how many people can point to times in their life where they're like hu- getting having like a huge gut check and it's going to let some people down um but i I have to do this. I have yeah. to stay true, and like, and it's gonna cost me something. I think what that does to me is it resonates with regret and faithfulness, and how we often regret being unfaithful, but mm-hmm. like we mm-hmm. yep. we end up being unfaithful because we're afraid that we're gonna regret. And so yeah. it's kind of a weird. I don't know if that was a confusing sentence right there, but like, <laughs> what I know is um, when you have that feeling like he described that person who wanted to give up just their like their plan in that moment Mm -hmm. to be married or whatever uh when you have that moment of conviction and you're like this is this is kind of where i'm feeling nudged um and you actually do it i know those are the moments where people like just don't regret i mean i don't know if that's somebody's probably going to get mad at me for saying that but like (laughs) <laughs> I do know that I regret when I get nudged and I don't do it. That is the regret. And you wanna hear Jesus say, Well done. Good yes, faithful. You yes. were faithful to the call and to the uh to living consistently with what did my message Abraham was,
1: regret right? What he
0: did. No, I
1: know. I you just know, I don't know why like, I
0: had something flashed in my mind of like maybe somebody who was like,
1: I was just wrong or something. Oh man. You <laughs> know, I don't know. I, I look at the moments in scripture where a stake was put in the ground. Uh, Abraham and Isaac, one of the easiest references you can go to for what a lifestyle of worship looks like. But you look at then David at the threshing floor of, is it Aruna, yeah. the Jebusite, um, and refusing to just take advantage of his kingly status to just get free dibs on that property but refusing that to purchase something for the lord that cost him something but then obviously we have the ultimate greatest example christ his greatest act of worship as god in the flesh and but also in obedience to his father's will the cross man then he went for it but then i'm just reading in my bible this morning Um, Exodus 32, Moses has kind of been chilling with the Lord on Mount Sinai for 40 days, 40 nights. They don't know what's happening to him. And as he's on his way down, they have this, they're on the, like, right at the doorstep of a moment that can launch them so close into the fulfillment of God's promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and it's like they commit adultery on their wedding night with the golden calf. They regretted that. The text even says like they mourned and grieved bitterly for um what they had done. And thousands of them got a punishment. Yeah, and he's to holding death.
0: most holding in his hand a statement that says yeah. you know, he shall not worship any other god, right? Like Yeah speaking of worship you shall
1: not make for yourself an idol and they make an idol
0: I think there's uh, something about in the broader topic here of like acts of sacrifice being worship um, and avoiding just relegating it to just our music and stuff Mm -hmm. like that is the word in Hebrew for worship is also closely related to work and the work that you do with your hands And so our bifurcation of our lifestyle where we start to compartmentalize my Mm -hmm. my work, um, you know, something I hear a lot is like the work that you do has to be something that is like fulfilling to you or the the work that you do with your career has to be something that is that you're passionate about. Yeah. Do what you're passionate about. And some of the danger behind that thinking, not that it's bad, but like is I am the Tell us I or my happiness is is the purpose of my work with my hands. But the the trajectory of like the Bible story is that my work is building up um, or is an act of sacrifice to the kingdom. Like I'm I'm taking everything that I can and everything I possibly can and pushing it in this direction of like sacrifice to God. And maybe that has something to do with the crowns that he he was talking about in that
1: imagery. But I mean, Hmm. yeah. I just wonder what if it's supposed to be the other way around. Um, I heard a, a pastor in town here say uh, something along the lines of, we don't get passion from what we do, but we bring passion to what we do. Hmm. I mean, that distinction like there. That. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to you, Jeff Mannion. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, bringing, bringing our passion to our work rather than looking to our work to give us passion it totally changes the trajectory of what we say about our work but it also says my work isn't what defines me it's not what shapes me i shape i define the work because of you know for us as as believers and followers of christ it's we bring passion that's from christ to our work as an expression of worship whereas everybody else is looking to their work to give them passion because oftentimes many of us are looking to our work to be our savior to be our source of identity purpose and value yeah and yeah we yeah. are not what we do
0: and maybe that's why i was struck by the image of the crowns yeah it's like you know, maybe a good question for us to ask this week too is like, what crown do I want, like, to wear on my head as the thing that attracts, yeah, um, the line of sight to me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the thing that is like clearly a symbol of like money worth value yeah. um, and significance. Right? Um, people that wear crowns are in charge, and they they display um, all kinds of. Mm they put on display all kinds of things that show that they're valuable. And so that could be anything. I mean, anything that you are are like placing upon your image as um, a sign of worth. What would it look like or why in this situation are those people trying to get those things as far away from them as possible? Yeah. All yeah. of the shiny things that communicate value are being like violently thrown <laughs> <laughs> away from the people that rightfully own them or whatever yeah. in towards the land who was slain. Yeah. And what would that lifestyle kind of look like? And so what number one, I think it's not something I don't want to start with. Like this is something that I do. To fake it till i make it yeah uh, even though i yeah. wouldn't i wouldn't be even mad if you said i need to like take off my crowns and put it towards christ it's just right now an act of obedience i'm convicted but i think my <laughs> ideal my ideal would be that when we see like they see when when we see the beauty of the lamb who was slain and really take in the inspiration that comes along with the fact that like you said his act of sacrifice unlocked all of us from the various prison cells that we were in yeah, and kind of becomes this, this true reality about who God is on display for whoever would look to him. Uh, you start to take everything that you can to, to communicate the value that you see behind that and you, you push it towards that being. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Not the things that don't cost us like, right. Or And David like that, that too, but I mean, costly things. I mean, yeah, your Using ego, it. your um, identity, yeah. your plans for the future, your um, your the things that are just orbiting around the selfishness or whatever that we've kind of been
1: trained to value yeah. in our world, yeah. Um. I, f- I resonate yeah. with that in real time on so many levels, especially being in a residency that I know is a two-year program and would be so easy for me to believe a lie that I find my identity and worth um, from this pastoral ministry that I have to lock in what lies beyond these two years you know and just get that security that anxiety or whatever you could call it it could really, really control oh yeah the control and whereas what i see as the opportunity of great worship for me in this role with the students with my leaders is just having my backs fully unpacked eyes right here both eyes on my students, both eyes on my leaders, both eyes on the families, not one eye on them and one eye looking for what's beyond these two sure. years, but just being so fully present to this moment that even as Christ was so in the moment, we too can be fully present in the moment here. I think acting like that is very subversive to
0: the oh, the, sure. the way that... The patterns of this world are set up that you have to you're being told like you have to know gotta what, have it all the, figured the, out the future you <laughs> gotta have that under control and um there are things that you can set in place to be able yep. to coerce that but rather to surrender all of that and yeah. just say i'm here right now and this is where you have me and yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you all that stuff. Yeah, uh, it's kind of subverting that whole pattern. Yeah. Instead of trying to have both, which is a big problem, I think for a lot of us in the West. Part of it's for me, my name, like yeah. being okay with using like a name that's not my name. <laughs> Dan, you know, Dan Dan Mike. Yeah, is not my name, but it's a big nickname and a big part of like, yeah, um, what well, me here, you know, and like sure. I. I think sometimes, like, there's an ego that creeps up that's like, you need to kill that and, like, set the record straight or whatever. And, like, yeah, and be, yeah. like, accruing um, the, like, that's a biblical yeah. theme. Make a name for yourself, right? Yeah. But, like, if you could. Hide, doesn't turn out well for people who do that, though. <laughs> yeah. If you could hide <laughs> behind, like, a new fit name yeah. that doesn't, isn't attached to as much. Uh, ego as as your given name yeah. that can be another thing in our narcissistic world that we yeah. live in like that can really subvert right um that trajectory for the right cause which is to make his name yeah you know yeah. all the more clear popular and like specific and so yeah, yeah.
1: oh man I'm, I'm, i appreciate you sharing that oh that's that's, that's i've that's got lots of
0: ideas about how to not let let the left hand know what the right hey, name hey come but, on um, <laughs> i um i think Yeah, so if you're listening to this and you're thinking about acts of worship, um, you know, don't you don't have to stress out about it. I think it's or like feel like guilty about wherever you're at. I think what Joe said was it's an act of intentionality. It's an intentional act of sacrifice, and 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 so whatever's on your heart to start being intentional with, I think, would be great steps towards. Um, creating a lifestyle yeah. of worship. And so I just want to encourage you in that. Be prayerful and discerning this week as to ways that you can communicate the worth um, that you're seeing or, or that you've experienced in God through creation, through the gospel, through the story of God's faithfulness in your life, um, and, and, and to give that worth, um, to do right by that worth yeah. in, in actions. Yeah. And like always, I just want to end by saying just remember that Jesus is not looking for a perfect disciple, but perfect discipleship is being intentional and being faithful. And So continue to take steps and practice your discipleship.
1: Yes. Dave, thanks for being here. Hey, my pleasure, man. Thanks
0: for the invite. All right. Have a great week, everyone.